remember trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's Hello again everybody and welcome back to Random Discard I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts And joining me as always is Rich Rich, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, thank you, and yourself? You know, I'm getting by. We're uh, we're approaching the end of the semester, so stress levels are uh, high. I would say, maybe ratcheting higher. You know, they say that that students students tend to perceive that oh, it's so stressful for them, and the profs have it easy because they just gotta you know do do the final. But that's not true. We gotta finish up grading. We gotta write the final. We gotta calculate grades. Then we gotta deal with the mountain of emails that are why is my grade so low? Shouldn't my grade be higher? Can my grade be higher? How about some extra credit now? Do you do that? How about now? No. How about now? Please, I need that to graduate. So. Yeah, it's not my favorite time of year, to be honest with you. But That's at least it's getting better. cold. I like that. There you go. I do enjoy the cold weather, so winter is almost upon us. You know what I really like on a uh, cold, dark night as we are headed into the, the holiday season? I like curling up on the couch and watching some TV. That's what I like to do. Absolutely. How That's about how about yeah. yourself? Anything you're enjoying on the uh, the so-called idiot box these days? <laughs> uh, me and my wife, we watch the Food Network way too much, but we also like to oh, yeah. watch. It's 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 bad. Um, but we also like uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. The uh, yeah. box, right? Have you ever seen it? I've seen a couple of episodes here and there. I don't actually have cable uh, okay. at, at my apartment well, here, so uh, it is Fox. So yeah. regular TV. Well. Uh, I also don't really have... To, I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere uh, as Fair far enough. as that goes. I did get a, an antenna for, for my TV to, to try that out. And depending on where it's where I put it, I can get between uh, one and four channels. <laughs> but it's not the same channels. Like I if I if, Yeah, if I want a certain channel, I have to uh, take the antenna and, and stick it in the window. And if I want, like, this other channel, I have to go and put it on the other side of the room, like, rotated 90 degrees. And then there's one other spot I can put it to get another channel. It's it's pretty bad. I, I was trying to get a football game once, and it was just ridiculous. I didn't know you moved to the 1990s. I did, yeah. Yeah, we thought that that would be a neat thing to try out, is, uh, you know, since I'm getting older, I thought maybe if I acted like it was a previous decade that I would then age in reverse. Makes sense. I get that. I have Sound bad news. logic. Yeah, that's TV logic right there is what that is. And I have bad news. That does not actually work. It just means you still, no, can't, you still no. can't watch TV. So go. But hey, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, tell me more. Like I said, I've seen an episode or two. I kind of liked well, what I saw. It's proof Andy Samberg can do things that are successful. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. I love Andy Samberg, oh. but he has made some very bad movies. Uh, yes. This but is, I guess his movie fair. Pop Star, which I have to see because apparently it's very, very good. I've heard that too. But it was done by Lonely Island. It's not just Andy Samberg, so that makes sense of its quality. Right, because I do enjoy most of what Lonely Island has done. They do some good stuff. But it, I like it because at first when I, I first was going to watch him, I'm like, oh, this looks so dumb because I'm like, oh, it's going to be a cop, it's a cop show. It's a, you know, it's like a police procedural kind of, but it's a comedy. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, maybe it'll be like The Office where it's kind of funny, but like, I expected them, like, like a lot of them to be really bad at their jobs and kind yeah. of like the joke is almost, why are they still cops? But it's not. They're actually like good at their jobs. And they actually, it's funny because they handle stuff like, you know, theft, murder, 
and like that stuff, but they handle it kind of a funny way. They've dealt with a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do much with sexual assault, which I can get because it's a comedy and there's nothing funny about that. Yeah, that is really hard to do. So I don't think they will ever do it because that just doesn't seem safe to do. Right. So, but I mean, they still do like stuff that, you know, it's kind of like, how would they make it funny? But mm-hmm. they, they don't make the murder funny. They just kind of make things around it funny. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's good. It's makes it's just like it's not your traditional comedy. All right. So I'm again showing my age here. But if you dial up the Wayback Machine and I don't know if you ever watched any of this, but do, do you remember the show The Naked Gun, the yeah. one on which the movies were based? OK, no. Weren't the movie, wasn't it based, based on Police Squad? Wasn't the show? Oh, Police I'm sorry. Squad? You're right. You're right. It was called Police Squad. Yes. I'm sorry. I've seen the movies. I never saw the show Police Squad. Okay. Well, the movies are essentially the show, you know, just longer if, if you want to go that way. But I mean, the, the show was essentially, we're going to take, now to go even further back, we're going to take Dragnet and we're just going to make it funny. But everybody in it is just going to play everything straight. You know, it's it's one of those. There's basically the entire humor of the Naked Gun movies. It's just like that. It's it's a complete farce, but everyone treats it as if it's serious. It's like Airplane, the the movie Airplane. If if and if you haven't seen Airplane, hang up this damn call and go see Airplane. That was, it was a, you. I have seen Air, Airplane. Okay, just making sure. Uh, there's classic comedies, even though they were made before I was born, I've still seen. Yeah, I mean, Airplane is really one of Leslie those. Nielsen's death was a very sad moment for me, because I was a very large fan of his work. Oh, yeah, the man was a comedic genius, even though he started off as a dramatic actor. You know, yeah, I was going to say, of... he started off drama. People yeah. don't, a lot of people don't realize that, but he was not always a comedic actor. It's what gave him his big um, claim to fame. Oh, yeah. But that was not always what he was there for. Yeah, hey, if I'm not mistaken, he was the lead in the film Forbidden Planet, which I don't know if you've yeah. ever seen. Classic of science fiction, Forbidden Planet. No, I, do, I don't think I've seen I mean, oh, I don't think. if you get a chance, definitely see it. You know, it might be on Netflix. So there you go, okay. listeners. There's a recommendation surprised. from me to you. See the original Forbidden Planet. It is worth it. Uh, the best part about Forbidden Planet is that you're going to see the prescription for the entire show of Star Trek in that movie, which is, is kind of cool. But anyway, I'm sorry, we, we wandered off topic, but that is, random is in the name, okay? So you knew what you were getting into when you downloaded this. Um, back to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So what is it that appeals to you about it? Is is it the genre bending that's going on? Um, I, I enjoy it, because I, I enjoy that they can make the cop, you know, the cop stuff funny, mm-hmm. and that it kind of breaks the mold of the procedural, you know, it's not law and order, they, you know, they solve stuff. They look at evidence, but it's like almost like it's very different because sometimes they stumble it out, like they stumble upon it in one of their jokes. Sure, you know, it's stuff. You know, kind of very. Ha- you know, sometimes they're like really smart, and sometimes it's really happenstance that they figure it out. Yeah, like um, one of them was there's a guy who was robbing a bunch of banks, very violent, very aggressive, mm-hmm. and Charles Boyle, one of the characters played by Joe Latruglio. Um, you would probably recognize him from I Love You, Man. He played the little guy with a super high voice. Uh, I don't know if you have seen I Love You, Man, but... Nope. It's a great great Paul Rudd movie with Jason Segel. Real good. Oh, okay. Um, so he is one of the detectives, and he arrests this old 80-year-old guy and says it's him. And the old 80-year-old guy just keeps playing on all everyone else that he's such a nice old man, and everyone just yells at him for um, arresting an old man and like you know interrogating him like he's a criminal. 
But the whole time, the old guy is just admitting to it all to the guy and saying he does it because it's fun. And uh-huh. I don't know, just stuff like that's really funny. And he finally gets a confession out of him. But then he dies. The old man <laughs> dies. And it's, I don't know, it's just, it's amazing. Oh, okay. All right. And it's stuff like that that really gets me into the show. But I do like that it's not your traditional comedy because yeah. it, it's, it's refreshing. It's, I don't know, I guess it's something they kind of started in the 90s. Um, early 2000s when they started getting comedies that could break their mold. Right. Like, uh, my favorite TV show of all times is Scrubs. I was going to say, this is this whole discussion is reminding me of your favorite television show, which you have mentioned on a number of occasions. It Scrubs. is. It's, it's my favorite television show of all times. So, and I, I could watch any episodes of Scrubs all day, every day. Okay. Even, uh, wasn't there a season after... Uh, after I, 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 I don't count that season. Oh, okay. I was gonna say because I've I've heard that didn't. No, it was terrible. Yeah, I, have... I own it. I own it strictly to own the collection. Right. It's kind of I... like how we all ended up with uh, episodes one, two, and three. Yeah, my my little brother bought it for me for my birthday, knowing I would never buy it for myself. Mm-hmm. He was. I know you're gonna want a complete collection because he knows me. Right. He was. I know you'll never buy it for yourself because you probably won't ever watch it, but. Here it is. And actually, I mean, I appreciated that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't count that. I count JD's last episode, the season finale of season eight. That's the end of the series to me. Okay. Yeah, that's perfectly fair. I'm not going to argue with you there. I, I have to admit, as a Scrubs fan, I w- I'm what I would describe as a Comedy Central Scrubs fan. In other words, back when I had cable, if Scrubs came on Comedy Central, I would watch it. But it's not like I planned around it or, you know, religiously watched every season. But I, I have I, to admit, I enjoyed every episode I watched. I've probably watched it all the way from start to finish, at least tw- from the end of season eight, twice. Okay, wow. Um, season seven's real weak because of the writer's strike, and it was actually really short. Sure. Um, season eight was, they got moved to ABC because for dumb, some dumb reason, NBC canceled them. But they actually canceled them because seven season seven was so weak, which was a result of the writer's strike. Yeah. But ABC saw potential, picked it up, and had a pretty good season. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Well, if if you count season eight season finale as a series finale, it's one of the best. Okay, all right. Hands is, down. Is there anything you can tell me about it without spoiling it for anyone who has not seen it? I mean, what what made that episode the best? It's it's JD's last day at the uh-huh. at uh, Sacred Heart. Sure. And just kind of what you would expect from JD leaving Doctor Cox leaving everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it, honestly, it's the last probably five minutes that is so amazing. Because it, it's not a cliffhanger. Just and JD leaves the hospital because it's his last day. You, If you've watched the show, season eight leads up to that. Yeah. So it's, um, he walks, have you have you seen it? I, I believe I have seen this episode, yes. So if you haven't, spoiler it, sorry, he walks down a hallway and he sees almost every single patient he's ever helped. Like, they went back and they found the actors. Right. And they kind of, like, you know, gave him, you know, you know, you can do this, good job. And then he stops at the white screen that flashes what the possible future could be. And it's him marrying Elliot, having kids with her, growing old with Turk and Dr. <laughs> Cox. And it's just, I don't know, it was just so complete. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. But that show, from about season six... Which I, or episode six, which is called My Old Lady, mm-hmm. started off on a journey of this isn't your typical comedy. Because that's the first episode where JD has to deal with death in a much different manner. Because it's a, a patient who accepts that she's going to die because she doesn't want to go on dialysis. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to live through that. She says she lived a full life and is ready to go. 
And he has a hard time accepting that. So it's such a different feel. It still has its funny moments and its comedy, but the whole episode as a whole has a, such a different feel to it. Sure. And that's when I started to realize that this isn't a typical comedy. This isn't your... Because there's some episodes that are sad, that really touch on emotional stuff of, like, one episode, Dr. Cox just kind of loses it because he lost, like, four patients all at once and he blames himself. And there's just some of those shows that just have those moments of really touches you, your, you know, your emotion side. Right, right. You know, this actually reminds me of something, and... I apologize in advance if this is an obvious connection or an obvious comparison, but it's something I hadn't really thought about until we had this conversation right now. Uh, were you a fan of the show MASH? Yes, love MASH. Love MASH. Because I feel like, in many ways, what you just described, if you take out the character names, you're kind of describing MASH. Yeah. It's It's, again, it's a comedy, but every now and then... It would have an episode where it's like we're we're actually dealing with something heavy here. And I, M- Mash did it really well. And I think for the time of what they were and the time of what TV was, they did it very sparingly. Yes. Whereas I feel Scrubs did it a little bit more, or just a bit more heavy-handed with it, mm-hmm. just because of times had changed and they could get away with yeah, it. I was going to say they could get away with it. I mean, back in the day when you had you know like three networks. Your, your flagship show had to be – it had to aim to that kind of middle America audience, and I mm-hmm. don't know that they all would have stood for that. Well, cause Scrubs started towards the time of the end of Friends and Frasier. Mm-hmm. And I say that is important because those shows had those tiny moments, and there's very few and far between. But that was the height. Friends and Frasier were the height of sitcoms. Um... And as – Am they're, I willing to agree with that okay. statement? In my time of frame of life, the sitcoms were at their all-time high at that point in my life. Well, I'm going to say when that started was Seinfeld. Okay, I'll add Seinfeld to that mix, absolutely. Yeah, okay. But I, I but, could see but, calling but dur- Frasier during, the, the close of that era, sure. And during that, I mean, they're, they're all NBC, by the way. They had the best sitcoms. They were the, the leading channel at the Must time. Must see TV. Hard to, hard to argue with that. But as we all know, that has changed. Sitcoms are not the thing anymore. There's no. still some around, but they're not. It's drama. Dramas are the big thing everywhere. That's what every channel is putting on everywhere. Yeah, I mean, uh, and Scrubs was at the kind of, was at the tail end of the sitcom high, leading into the drama high. And I feel like Scrubs is in the middle of that. Yeah, and that's where like they that's why they could get away with doing that more. Right. And I don't think they ever oh, – I, personally, I'm real biased because I love the show. I don't think they ever overplayed their hand. Some people might disagree because you're, you're probably like, I'm a comedy. I want to watch something funny. Ooh, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I actually have to back up. I've got to go slightly hmm, – boy, I hate I hate to do this. I, I, I might have to go before Seinfeld. The, the wave may have begun with Cheers. Probably, but then we could just ride that wave straight into Seinfeld and then Frasier oh. and then okay, sure. But no, that's that's split in half. Cheers was what late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, you know what? What made me think of it is I was just going to look up. You know, when were Seinfeld and Frasier? Because they're all like dusty memories that blur together at this point. Seinfeld was eighty nine to ninety eight, and Frasier was uh, ninety three to two thousand four. Do you know Frasier has been that character? Frasier has been on more TV episodes than most characters ever, outside of like The Simpsons. Yes, yes, indeed. Because uh, Frasier was in Cheers, and he his show was a spinoff. 
I guess not the most successful spinoff, but one of. Yeah, one of. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, looks like Cheers was eighty-two to ninety-three. Okay. So because for me, if I if I looked at decades uh, and labeled what their TV was, the nineties was sitcoms. Yes, definitely. Oh yeah. And I would say early two thousands was probably police procedurals. Uh, yes. No, that's I like would, when that's I when Law and that. Orders and all, well, they had like four or five shows going, yeah, right. and there were there was just cop shows everywhere. That's where I kind of get early two thousands because that's like the start of Criminal Minds. That's the start of like NCIS. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so in two thousand tens, though, that is dramas, hard dramas. Yeah. Well, it was also the rise of well. I mean, television has changed, right? I mean, we we described it just a few minutes ago at the beginning of the show. I I don't even have TV exactly. I don't have cable anymore. I just have streaming, and I I just devour shows when they occur. Uh, You know, the there was a time, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who are younger in the audience, uh, there was a time when uh, we all came together as a nation and would watch a show on a night. And like everybody watch it like supposedly, and I think this has been broken now, but at one time the season or the series finale of mash was the most watched show ever because everybody tuned in for the end of that. It's still super high up there. I don't know if it is, excuse me. I don't know if it's the number one, but I know it's still really high up there, Mm -hmm. but it's, I don't know if it's hard to break because TV has changed. Yeah, it's different now. Ratings used to include who's watching this show when. And if you couldn't watch it, let's say you used your VCR, uh, we'll explain that later to some people. Yeah, your, your, your TiVo. <laughs> and you recorded that and watched it later. The networks, no one had a way of rating that. Now network ratings, like if they're rating a show, whether it's watched, they're rating who's watching it live, they're watching who's on demand, and whether it's been DVR. They track all of that. Oh, yes. So that's how ratings are scheduled now. So if like you don't watch your show live, you're not hurting its ratings. If you watched it on demand or if you recorded it, they know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah, we used to sit down like you, that's how you scheduled your weeknights. That was yeah. oh, I'm doing this. Friends is on. I'm that's doing right. like and that, and that was really big in our household. Was Friends. It was Friends and Frasier. My parent, my parents weren't super into Seinfeld, even though me and my brothers were. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, I'm sorry I derailed us from our discussion of Scrubs. Um, I didn't really mean to do that, but we we delved in history. Scrubs, it it reminds me, just a comedy that transcended itself into more. Sure. And another great example of that, and people who have loved this show as much as I have, who can reference this show like no other because it it touched everything in life, is Futurama. Oh, God, yes. Futurama, holy crap. This is... I I think... It's so good. Matt's Gron- Matt Groening's claim to fame will always be as his gem is The Simpsons, which is gr- fine. The Simpsons, I also have touched almost everything. They are a fantastic show, even though their quality has um, definitely gone downhill. But how can you blame them being on the show on sh- TV for 30 years? Yeah, good God. And Homer ra- ra- aging anywhere from a 35 to 42, depending on what their need is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Futurama is his masterpiece. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I I think that The Simpsons has a broader appeal and maybe is it it's definitely more ubiquitous. It's more woven into the fabric of of they are, American life. They are they are almost they are pop culture. They're like, they're like the definition of pop culture now. Yeah, but I feel personally, I feel like Futurama was a better show. Absolutely. 
um, the satire they did, the what they referenced. And because they were the future, they can do whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. And they actually had some semblance of story carrying on where The Simpsons has none of that. Right. right. I mean, I, I mean, The Simpsons have occasionally referenced to things in the past, but usually in like a tongue-in-cheek sort of way. Right. Uh, it, it was almost a joke about itself on how nothing actually changes. Yeah. I will say, I haven't watched Simpsons in many recent years, but I did watch their farewell episode to Mrs. Krabappel. Mm-hmm. Because sadly, Marsha Wallace, the voice actress for Edgar Krabappel, passed away. Mm-hmm. And they did the classy thing of giving the character a farewell, and that was it. They don't kill it. They didn't re-voice cast her, because to me, that would have been insulting. Sure. So I will give the Simpsons people a lot of credit for that. They gave her a very classy farewell. Oh, and I actually want to give them credit for a lot of things. Uh, I mean, they they really have over the years tackled you know many many different concepts. You know, the the, the joke of the Simpsons did it first. Yeah, but they've been on so long. They they totally they did. They did do it first. Uh, what was a uh, one of the episodes where uh, something about the the Simpsons became like terrorists because oh Bart I think Bart mooned the American flag. Mm-hmm. And so they got put in this this you know political jail, and in there was Bill Clinton and the last registered Democrat. Oh, it was hilarious! Because the guy goes, and Clinton's in there goes, because I think his tax cuts are unwise. They're unwise. And the the old Democrat, some crazy old guy who just says, "I'm the last registered Democrat." <laughs> tax and spend, tax and spend, and it's just it's amazing because. Matt Groening, he made he didn't he didn't play a political side. It's not like you know Seth MacFarlane, who is so far left that there's no other side. Oh, and he it doesn't was, really apologize for that either. He does, and what and what he is a cr- artist and a creator. He shouldn't have to. That's fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I I think he gets too much sometimes, but it's his choice, and he does not apologize for it. The Simpsons, though, they go after everyone. They don't go for a side. They just go for what's politically, you know, what's kind of happening, what's satirical, what's true that we can make light fun of, and they did. Yeah, but I, I want to come back to the Futurama, though, because Futurama we could, was we could the... talk for hours about The Simpsons, even though neither of us have watched it in years, but Futurama, oh my God, that show was so well-crafted. It was one of the funniest shows until Jurassic Park. <sighs> I can't watch the episode. Can't do it. Even just, even just thinking about it makes me want to cry, right? I mean, that this is a show that was even leading up to most of that episode was pretty funny until the last two minutes. Yeah, that just breaks your heart. I mean, Futurama was a show that ostensibly is Simpsons in space, right? That's how it started. And the future. But they they went on to create uh, a a rich storyline of these characters with a history and a past and. Uh, the characters, they evolved, right? They, they weren't Absolutely really the they same did. people they started as. And every now and then an episode would come along where it's like, wow, that's like really, I mean, it's a comedy, but that's really touching. And yes, Jurassic Bark, oh my God. It's, uh, to describe the episode, um, oh yeah, I Fry, forget people might not have watched it. Fry, the main character, Fry, um, they see they uncovered an old school pizzeria and they put it in a museum. They found, a fossil of a dog. And he realized it was his dog. Um, so it was an unwanted stray dog that he found that he fell in love with. And he calls him Seymour because he found the dog on a prank order for Seymour Butts. Of course he did. And the dog barked b- walking on sunshine, which Fry sings all the time. 
Oh, which I'm going to back up for just a second, just in case there's anyone listening who did not watch Futurama. First of all, what the hell is wrong with you? Go watch Futurama. Second of all, uh, the main gist behind the storyline is that the main character, Fry, was a pizza delivery boy in the late 90s. And on uh, New Year's Eve 1999, he went to deliver a pizza to uh icy wiener i to icy wiener at the uh the cryogenic freezing facility and he accidentally gets locked in a tube and he's frozen for a thousand years and he wakes up in the future everyone he knows and loves is dead and then we just get on with life and so he has now found the fossilized remains of his dog from a thousand years ago and then the professor his great 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 long ways down nephew who's super old which is just yeah and which insane. is hilarious yeah um, he says there's a way he can bring the dog back, like kind of clone him from the fossil. And he's all excited for it until they find out, oh, the age of the dog died was 15. And, and he, Fry said, oh, he was only like seven when I had him. So he decided to not bring him back because he lived a full life without him until you get clips of the end of Seymour waiting for Fry until he slowly passes away. Oh, I'm watering up just. Oh man, it's we we are not doing it. He, I'm watering up too. He, we're not doing this justice. But it's God, it's so damn moving. And any anyone who ever argues that animation or cartoons are not real TV, yeah, they're just so wrong. And this episode is a fine, fine uh, example of that. <laughs> Later episodes, they even joked with themselves about it. Of saying, you know, because Futurama, you know, Simpsons always had their the couch gag. Mm-hmm. Well, Futurama's gag was always a little disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And one of them was, don't worry, it's not the one with the dog. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. But it wasn't just that episode, though. They did it, one, their last episode. Yeah, I'm not oh, giving that one away. Yeah, Amazing. That one, that one we're not one giving of, away. One of the best series finales I've ever seen in my life. Agreed. Um. There's another one in time travel. This one came after the original cancellation, which I love the stuff they made, how they made fun of that when they came back on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. The jokes they did with that were brilliant. Oh, yeah. But one of them was Fry and Lila were kind of on and again, off again. They both liked each other, but weren't together because it wasn't always the best part of the. It wasn't always funny for them to be together. So they kind of went on and again, off again. And Fry was going to meet her for dinner for Valentine's Day or a birthday. Something like that. He recorded this a video card because it's the future. They can do whatever they want. Um, and he t- helps test out the professor's new invention, which ends up being a time machine, which lurches him forward in time, the future, super far. And so then he realizes when they finally stop, they're like 2,000 years in the future and everyone's dead. And they, the, the stupid time machine can't go backwards. can only go forward. So they just fry Bender and the professor, just keep going forward in time. And it shows you kind of what happened to everyone else as time went forward. And eventually you see as they go forward, like Leela's like, they're like, we're like 40 years in the future. And the Fry's card that he made fell out. And it just, ha- the way it happened, like a second in the Fry's time, but since they're jumping the future, it was 60 years. And so it was like a love note to Leela. And it said, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then she sees the time travel. So she goes to this restaurant that's pretty much a stalagmite. You know, water drips and the stalagmites form. So she wrote a message to Fry. And he finds it super far in the future. And it's it's a great episode. Oh yeah. I hate Even though th- then we do find out time is cyclical after every. It's like after like ten billion years, time starts over, but like a foot lower than it was before. <laughs> do uh, do you know who voiced Seymour in Jurassic Park? 
No. Frank Welker. I don't know who that is. The voice of Megatron. Oh, really? And Fred Jones on Scooby-Doo. Interesting. One of, one of the most famous voice actors ever did the dog in Jurassic Park. I had no idea about that. I just stumbled across that on the internet. Sorry, didn't didn't mean to. Oh, that's good. There. But no, I think Futurama is a really good example of of a comedy, you know, kind of pushing the boundaries, not not like in what's acceptable to society. There were certainly shows that did that. But, you know, not limiting itself to the genre it was so firmly ensconced in if that makes sense if you're gonna sit down and watch a show that said you wanted to make you feel something you wouldn't think you're gonna sit down and watch futurama but they did it they did um last the original series finale before that when they were canceled mm-hmm. great episode De- um devil's idle hands or something like that uh that's the the holophoner episode yep that's yeah oh that so, is a great one absolutely so great. just just the show was it's a slapstick cartoon for comedy that's you know pure political you know not political um you know pop culture satire i mean come on their their president was richard nixon's head (laughs) (laughs) which which was a subcontext a lot of people don't talk about it's essentially america taking over the world i mean you saw the the flag um what do they call the flag because we called ours old glory the old freebie. Isn't that what they called it? Old freebie. Oh, man. Oh, and like oh, so, everything about Zap Brannigan. You mean Captain Kirk? Yeah. yeah oh, Zap Brannigan. This, the show has some of the best moments in TV I've ever. Um, their iPhone episode. Have you seen that one? I don't think so. Oh, my God. You got to see. Because they actually put their phones in their eyes. Hence, iPhone. <laughs> And it was right when the iPhone came out, and you know, it's you know, the iPhone was one carrier, one terrible plan that you could get, and it was astronomically expensive. And everybody bought it anyway. And I'm sure you've seen the meme from Fry and say, "Shut up and take my money." Yeah, came from that episode. Oh, okay. So that's a, it's a that's a fantastic episode because it mo- it's it's funny about the iPhone and about Twitter because it was like right around the birth of Twitter as well. It's it's brilliant. That's definitely an episode worth watching. So, but I mean, there's other stuff. I mean, those, Scrubs and Futurama are some of my better examples of what this was. Yeah. There's, plen- there's plenty of them out there of not even just sitcoms, just shows that go beyond what they you think they are. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not, and it's not constantly. It's not like they're reinventing dramas like the dramedies of of things like Six Feet Under and some of those stuff. And it's um, it's something not something that re- it's just something that this is what we are, but we're more than that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. And a historical example to, again, kind of show my age, uh, you know, if you have not ever, speaking of Zap Brannigan, if you've not ever watched the original series of Star Trek, I, I think you owe it to yourself to do so. Uh, I've seen episodes. I've never sat down and watched all of them. And I was good at one point because they're on Netflix and I don't think they are anymore. Yeah, it is. It is dated, right? Uh, the special effects are not spectacular uh which just just because you said i saw this thing on reddit so thank god special effects have changed because it was uh, a clip have you seen it i have yeah oh it's a clip of sulu holding essentially a cat with a horn glued on it that was a dog thank you very much but yes and they're like this used to pass for an alien and i just thought that was like you know what that's true it did yeah, it it was it was campy. It was it was the seventies. Uh, there there was some misogyny and sexism, but it was it was the seventies. I mean, no, si- I'm sorry, the sixties. I, I, I don't know. I was saying, I mean, come on, it's 
It's yeah. practically Mad Men. It was, but at the same time, the show, which in some ways invented the the. I, I I hesitate to say invented the sci-fi genre for television because it it didn't it, you know there were other sci-fi shows on television but nothing that did it like this it was essentially a, a wagon train in space okay it was an episodic you've got the same cast week after week there's a problem of the week they solve it and in fifty minutes we're we're back to where we were before. There's no real ongoing storyline, you know, so it can be syndicated. You can pick it up wherever, and that's fine. But at the same time, the show was tackling social issues just by, you know, couching it in, it, dressing it up in science fiction. And so or there having are... William Shat- or having <laughs> William Shatner kiss a black woman. Uh, for instance, yes. It features television's huge, first though, interracial it? kiss. It was. Absolutely. That show was, uh, that episode was essentially banned in some states. They just wouldn't show it again. Uh, supposedly, there was uh, an alternate take of the scene where it happened, uh, and, th- you know, to try and try and tone all of that down. And the actors intentionally flubbed all of those takes so that they'd have to use, because the, the studio censors were a little touchy about that. Because at that time, you couldn't do that on TV. And yet here was Star Trek doing it. I mean, Star Trek tackled things uh, about race and, and oppression and politics that you couldn't really get away with on TV. But as long as you dress it up in terrible makeup and call it an alien, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were things that they shied away from. And yes, they could have pushed the boundaries more. But you could say that about anything. Anything could push the boundaries more. But they... I mean, things don't just have to push boundaries. Like, I mean, that to me, that's one of the things, like, um, there's a side note, just a side example, is, like, that's why I don't watch um, Family Guy and, like, uh, Seth MacFarlane's shows anymore, because he stopped being, like, about the comedy and started being, how far can I make this? Another reason I don't watch uh, South Park, because once they could swear after nine, they just, I, I, I was done. Yeah, that's fair. Because they're just seeing, like, what can we get away with now? And I think that if you're doing it and it makes sense, that's fine, but if you're doing it just to do it, it's not worth it. Yeah, I haven't watched South Park in years. I, I was surprised the other day I had heard that they were about to start, like, season 18 or something. Yeah. And, again, that made me feel terribly, terribly old. But I I, mm, I, I don't feel like any of those, like, Family Guy or uh, uh, South Park, you know, sure, they can be edgy and sure, they react very quickly to things that are going on in the news and, you know, kudos to them for being able to do that sort of thing. But I, I still think pound for pound Futurama was a better show. Absolutely. It was. I think it was better crafted if that makes sense. Uh, but you know, maybe, maybe that's my own personal bias showing through, I suppose, but we, we all have our biases. We do. I just, um, I, I Futurama is like, if I had a list of like, you know, some of the top greatest shows, I would, put Futurama on that list. Yeah, me too. Me too. There, there are jokes that were in season one that my wife and I make comments about, you know, to this day, references uh, to that. Oh, I, st- I still, I, um, I reference Dr. Farnsworth, Professor Farnsworth all the time. Oh, how can you not? The man's hilarious. Like my wife says something, I go, wah, wah. <laughs> I- good, good news, everybody. I, I attempt to uh, work in a Whalers on the Moon reference whenever I can in my class. Whalers on the Moon. <laughs> yeah, because that, that song goes through my head almost all the time. And congratulations to all listeners out there who now have that song in their head. 
Uh, they do we tell tell tales. I was say they carry a harpoon. Um, so there you go. Hey, you know, another like genre defying instance that I want to bring up. Now, I know that you were not a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Um, I wouldn't say I wasn't a big fan of it because I enjoyed some of the later stuff. Sure. I just didn't get into it early enough. Gotcha. Well, it, and I don't it was, know if it was an age thing or like I wasn't old enough at the time or what, but it was something that I just got into late. Yeah, I was going to suspicion that it, it probably was an age thing. Uh, it hit it kind of a sweet spot age wise for me, so I was I was big into Buffy in its early seasons. Um, but there like, was an, I was I was sadly more in, into Angel because the spinoff started right out of the time I was watching Buffy, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So I was much more into that. Uh, Buffy, I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer as, as a concept is in its own way genre defying since it is, it's one of like the first and best, like supernatural stuff on TV. Yeah. And it was, it, it took the old trope of, uh, you know, the, the, the young hot cheerleader in the horror movie gets killed. No, no, no. In this case, she's the badass who kills things. And so, you know, it kind of, it kind of flipped that on its head, which was a neat, a neat thing. I mean, uh, to be fair, it was directed by and cre- uh, directed, written, and created by Joss Whedon. So. It was, yeah, and it did create the uh, a being smart as a superpower uh, kind of thing, uh, mm-hmm. cool. So that that was that was neat. Uh, but there's an episode of Buffy uh, that's the musical episode, and this, you know, it it took uh, what was normally a, a pretty straightforward i don't want to say prescriptive kind of show but it just kind of threw all that out the window and you know what we're gonna gonna do an episode where the whole thing's a musical now they had a reason for it you you find out towards the end that there was uh was it a curse uh, yeah there was a demon that had essentially uh, uh laid a curse on everybody and so that basically all of all of the town became a musical uh, but still, it was extremely well done, and it allowed them to it, it allowed them to advance the plot because I mean it did have an overarching plot that was going on. And Scrubs did that as well. So people would say, you know, because in a in a musical, you know, I, I'm a big fan of musical theater. I won't lie to you. Um, um in, you're not. How can you not like musical theater? Oh, it's wonderful. I, I, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, the wife and I caught a production of a chorus line. Uh, here at Central Michigan, uh, which was quite good. And then the very next day, we went down to Lansing and caught uh, Wicked. So it was it was two musicals in one weekend. It was wonderful. Absolutely I, loved it. It's just it's just not my thing. It just never really has been. All right. Yeah, the closest I, thing closest thing to musicals I enjoy are Disney movies. Okay, Disney movies could be argued are musicals for the modern era. Uh, man, boy, I'm gonna write that down. We should maybe do a Disney movies episode sometime. We should, before March when Beauty and the Beast comes out live action. Yeah, I have some reservations about that. But no, no, I'm hey, not getting sidetracked. Right, we're we're going to sidetrack a little bit. Did you see the new Jungle Book? I did not. Watch the new Jungle Book and just, just I mean, this is my recommendation, is just watch it. Okay, I don't know if it will be able to live up to my vague, time-polluted memories of the animated Jungle Book from when I was a child. It Which, probably won't, but I th- I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done, and I'm looking forward to Beauty and the Beast because one, the trailer I saw looks like a shot for shot remake. Yes, it does. So I, I saw the trailer I'm, as well. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm interested. My wife really wants to see it, so I'll see that with her. You know, that's, that's fair, but on the one hand, I feel like we already made this film, and it already was very good. You don't need to do it again. Disney needs all the money we can give them, and I will give it to but, them if they make more Star Wars. I was so, going to say that sh- they already own Star Wars. They have literally dump trucks hey, full of money. They have, they have to pay off George Lucas. They gave him like a billion dollars. They did, but he's already got his money. He doesn't get any more. I know. But we need them to make more money so they make more movies that are hopefully are as good as Rogue One will be. Because in my mind, it's fantastic. Well, they already own all of the Marvel franchise, too. So, again, dump trucks full of money. Yeah, Doctor Strange made a lot of money. Oh, did you see Doctor Strange? Have we talked? We haven't fantastic. talked about this. Doctor it Strange was, was really good. It was I, fantastic. I don't and make for, it to the movies much because just from scheduling, but I I put my foot down and I said to the wife, "Look, Doctor Strange is coming out this weekend. I don't care what else we do the rest of the weekend. I want to see Doctor Strange." And so we managed. And it was Doctor really Strange good. is one of my favorite superheroes, and so generally those I'm super critical of. Yeah. And I loved it. I saw it twice in two weekends because I saw it the first time, not in 3D. And like, it has to be amazing in 3D. And it is. Yeah, I kind of regret that we didn't see it in 3D. Don't see it drunk or high, though. Don't do it. It'll <laughs> <laughs> just be bad. It'll be bad times for you. <coughs> or the best times. I, I, no, no, we don't advocate uh, being under the influence of intoxicating substances while watching films. Um, anyway, I'm going to come back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the musical episode, I swear. Although now I don't know what I was going to say about it, except that it was really good and I enjoyed it. Oh, oh, oh uh, they oh, advanced the plot. Story. So yeah, in yeah. Uh, in musical theater, you know, you tend to have uh, characters on stage and they're singing and they're dancing and they're saying stuff that they might never say otherwise, but because they're singing and dancing, they can. And that's what happens in, in Buffy. A bunch of stuff gets said that, you know, people were, were bottling up secrets that they were keeping that they can finally let out. And it uh, it, it changed things. One thing I hate the most about musicals close yes is the soliloquy songs. Okay, sure. Those bother me the most. Well, you know, sometimes you gotta just soliloquize. I do it often, just nobody's here to hear it because it's a soliloquy, of course. Exactly. Um, no, but like Scrubs did a very similar episode. They had it where they only did the singing around a certain patient who had a brain tumor that made it look like everyone was singing. Okay. And then it was kind of based around sometimes you make choices to do things that are for the better of you, but you miss what you lost mm-hmm. because the woman all of a sudden, you know, now there wasn't music all over in her life, but right. she needed the tumor removed so she wouldn't die. So it's kind of like one of those things. It was, I don't know, it's always a good message, but like Scrubs did one very like, like that. I don't know if they did it as well as Buffy did, but they, I thought they did it well. Yeah. But I know people think Buffy was one of the best shows that's ever been on TV. Uh, there are some very, very strong feelings about Buffy. I, I enjoy. I wouldn't say I was a fanatic, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, did you like Angel at all? You know, I watched Angel when it first started, and I, I enjoyed it in the beginning, but I just didn't stick with it. The end got real bad. Well, it can be argued that the same thing happened with Buffy. Um, Buffy's end got real bad, too. Yeah. But can real we bad. all agree that Dawn was a terrible idea? Terrible idea. Because she, she was. That's 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 where the show really went downhill. Yeah, it was an interesting you know twist that they did there, but they should have after several episodes maybe fixed but, that. But you know what the the worst thing for Angel was though the end of Buffy because a lot of those characters came over Angel and that's what helped ruin Angel. Right. Yeah. 
That's fair. Uh, Spike, hey, was, Spike was an angel, though, and I loved Spike. He was one of my favorites. Oh, he was absolutely one of my favorite characters. Um, he's he's in the musical episode, in fact. And uh, the 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 guy who played Spike, and his name is escaping me right now. James Marston's. Uh, he is uh, he is a singer. Uh, he had he had a singing career outside of his acting career, and so in in the musical episode, he gets a chance to you know do that sort of thing. So did Giles. Giles is actually an accomplished singer as well. So. One of my favorite episodes is when they all lose their memory, and Spike thinks he's Giles' son because they're both British. I love that episode. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> so hey, I've got a show that I I know you weren't a fan of. I'm not even sure that you've seen any of that. I want to talk about one episode of because of something that they did that was kind of genre genre twisting, I guess I'll say. So there was a science fiction show that happened in the early nineties called Babylon five. It's it's not a dislike of the show. It's just was not a thing that I was really aware of. And you know, that's kind of, that was kind of Babylon five's biggest problem is it was, it was really good, but no one watched it. Because of Next Gen. Uh, yeah, because Next Gen was there. Uh, Babylon 5 was Deep Space Nine before Deep Space Nine existed. And in fact... Uh, to be fair, though, I didn't like Deep Space Nine. Uh, some people really love it, so I'm not going to pile on to that just in it, case they, they get angry. Is, is that the first one that had, the one that had the first female captain, or was that Voyager? That was Voyager, and uh, there were parts of Voyager I didn't care for as well. That's, that's a discussion, I think, maybe again for another day. Uh, okay, so I've got Disney movies... What, but, which one had the guy who could transform and stuff? He like the really like Odo? flat face. Yeah, Odo. Yeah, he was uh, a Deep Space Nine. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, Star Trek spinoffs. Uh, that's another topic I've placed here on this pad of paper, which I will then lose. Um, but and if you don't have next, if next gen's not the top of your list, something's wrong with. You. Oh yeah, next gen I think is is the absolute pinnacle of of Star Trek series is is. Um, but that's. That can also be argued. It's okay for people to be Jean-Luc Picard. Come on, Jean-Luc Picard. Best captain ever. Um, And we're getting email on this episode. Uh, Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Babylon 5. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski pitched Babylon 5 to the studio, and they turned it down and then made Deep Space Nine. I'm just saying. That that was the sequence of events, okay? Anyway, (laughs) Babylon 5. Uh, It it, it was originally envisioned to be a five-season show. Okay, so Straczynski, the creator, had a story arc in planned for it. It was never meant to go longer than that. It almost didn't go that long, except that TNT stepped in and picked him up for, for season five. But it's set on a space station, but they leave the space station a lot and they go do other stuff. But it's kind of got this epic space war that, that kind of eventually develops. Uh, lots of character development, lots of really cool stuff. There's time travel involved at one point. Look, it, it's a really good show. The special effects are a little dated. Absolutely. Uh, I did a lot of early CGI that the the resolution wasn't great on that CGI because it was the early 90s, but uh, they still did a lot with what they could do with the show. Is it is it like Ninth Doctor, Doctor Who? Because uh, I love BBC, but man, some of that Doctor Who stuff's real camp. Yeah, it's not quite it's not quite like that. It's it's just you can it it's not like you can ever not tell when they've got CGI going. It's like yeah, that's obviously CGI. Okay. Um, but there's an episode called "A View from the Galley," and it follows two guys on the station who are who are like janitors. They're they're like the cleaning crew. They're not the main cast. They're nobody you've ever heard of. I don't think you even ever see them again ever. 
but it shows the the big sweeping epic stuff that's going on from the viewpoint of just two normal characters and it was a really cool episode because it was it was so totally unlike what you're you know you're used to always following the hero and you're seeing what they're doing and you're you're never really following the mundane things that are going on all around you and so this was a, an opportunity to look at the bigger picture through this micro microcosm of you know just your average joe which i thought was just amazing so I would say if you ever get a chance, watch that episode, but it, it has no real power if you haven't been following the rest of the show. Right. That makes sense. Uh, but, you know, it's only five seasons long. Anyone out there who's never watched it, I really urge you to give it a chance. Um, I think it's on Netflix. It Maybe I have the box set on DVD, which ask your parents what those were folks at home. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I can just watch it on that. Yeah. My wife still try, will buy DVD over Blu-ray unless I tell her. Really? She doesn't see the dip. Really? D- does she wear glasses? She does. <laughs> does she need new glasses? Yes. Because I think that could be the issue there. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know. I just shake my head when she comes home with a DVD. I'm like, no. Yeah. Just knows all I can tell her. Yeah, I understand. I feel your pain. I, I went home. Uh, okay, so here's here's a. Uh, Boy, I'd, I'd say I feel bad about telling the story, but my parents don't listen to the show, and neither does my brother, so no one will ever know. I, I went home, uh, I think this was about a year ago or so, uh, to visit my folks, and discovered that on their their big, like, 45 or 50-inch HDTV, they had their cable box hooked up through uh, the, the standard, um, like, coax, like you would run an antenna into your TV with. <laughs> Their, their cable box, their high-def cable box, had an HDMI out. Their TV had an HDMI in, but they had run it through the coax, you know, like you hooked up your old TV. And, oh, oh it hurt my soul so much. I actually went to, I think I went to Best Buy, as much as I feel ashamed about this, and just bought an HDMI cable and, and came home. And I'm like, look, I'm just going to do this. From now on, instead of going to channel three to watch your cable box, just go to this input to watch your cable box. And yeah, it was bad. That is, yeah, that's bad. That's rough. But I love my parents, but technologically they are uh, a little behind the times. Uh, My parents would do that too, unless I was there to plug it into the HDMI. Yeah. Uh, well, we've been rambling for a while here. Uh, there are more examples of TV shows that do weird things genre-wise. There are more TV shows that I just really enjoy that we could talk about. So I suspect we will return to television uh, in the few. In the few. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Um, in, <laughs> in in the future, which we will catch up with. If if you take away anything from this episode, watch Futurama. Yeah, that's actually really really good advice. Advice. Uh, so, any any parting comments that you have other than seriously watch Futurama? Cheese it. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, did you have a nice Thanksgiving? I did. You know, my Thanksgiving break was uh, too short with too much food, if that makes sense. I get that. Because, uh, you know, anytime there's family and travel, look, I enjoy seeing my family. I really do. I, I, I care about them deeply, but uh, it's, not a, it's not a vacation, right? 
Don't you have to go to Indiana? I, I did. I, I only have like four days off. It's not like I have a fall break or anything. So it was just essentially a long weekend. But with, yeah. with the traveling and seeing my folks and seeing her folks and traveling back and all that, I, I ended the weekend essentially as tired as I started the weekend. I get that. Um, which, which, you know, I, again, I, I don't, I don't hold it against them. I don't begrudge them that it was great to see them, but I'm just so tired. But hey, Christmas break is coming soon, and that's actually a proper break, so that will help. That'll be, that's nice. How about you? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Um, I also I took four days off. I took some time off of work, and it was oh, nice, but like, you know, uh, Thursday's Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and so it's not really a free day. Friday was. I don't do Black Friday shopping. In oh, I don't. I don't either anymore. I mean, when I was younger, sure, I did that. But I've I've reached an age where I have an okay job, and if I really want something, my time's worth more than standing in line for four hours before a show uh, a store opens. So forget that. Absolutely. Same here. Um, so then Saturday we had like a friendsgiving, which was is super fun. I love doing that. But you know, it's again, you know, you're gone all day. Mm-hmm. But that Sunday, I didn't do anything. It was great. Um, I was able to, um, uh, because the new Pokemon game came out the 18th, and I was able to make sh- and finish that up over the break. Oh, yeah. And it's it was great. So I, if you're a Pokemon fan and you haven't played um, Sun or Moon yet, I highly recommend. Very good game. Uh, hey, uh, another thing that I did do over over the, the Thanksgiving break, uh, I picked up a new uh, 3DS. I now have a, a new Nintendo 3DS XL. Nice. And uh I love it. It's Oh, great. Great. Yeah, yeah, it's it the the 3DS I man, boy. I feel I feel really bad, but I was <sighs> Nintendo, why do you have so much of my money? Nintendo, why? Cuz I had an original GBA which I installed an afterburner on that that made the the like the screen light up because the original one didn't. Right. And then I got a uh a a let's see now what was it the GBA SP the one that folded open? Yeah, the SP. And that one had had the backlight. And then I had an original DS and mm-hmm. then I had a 3DS and then I had a 3DS XL and now I have the new Nintendo 3DS XL because I can't help myself. But I'll I say this. If you've only ever had the original 3DS, the the new Nintendo 3DS, the 3D is so much better. I mean, I basically wouldn't turn the 3D on at all on my old one because you had to keep your head so perfectly still. Yeah, they fixed that. They totally fixed that. And it is it is so much better now. I don't use a lot of the 3D because I like to conserve my battery, but... Yeah. Uh, what do you play on your 3DS? Uh, boy, I'm going to feel slightly ashamed about what I'm about to say. I mostly play uh, Pokemon Shuffle. <laughs> it's just so much fun, right? I it mean, is. It is. It's, There's a reason that game is super popular. I. It's that and uh, the the games in your, your plaza. Okay. You know, the little the little street pass games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the 3ds for me, it's it's a thing that when I just want to kill like five or ten minutes, it's what I do. Uh, I do yeah, have absolutely. some good games for it. Uh, somewhere I have uh, uh, Ocarina of Time. Yep, wonderful edition. Except I can't figure out where I left it. It's somewhere in this apartment, and I can't find it right now, and it's driving me insane. So instead, I was much happier when Majora Mask was released because I was a bigger fan of Majora's Mask than Ocarina of Time. Sure, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, 
great games to play. Um, they're a little bit more of a time sink, but you don't have to invest a lot of time all at once. Uh-huh. Uh, Fire Emblem games or strategy oh, games. Yeah, I played, I think it was the original Fire Emblem on the GBA, <laughs> and I enjoyed that. They're a lot better with the 3DSs with the graphics and all this stuff. They're oh, yeah. and um, if you're gonna get one of the newer ones, um, get like Conquest or Birthright. Don't get the um other one. I can't remember what the name is, um, because they had a graphical problem with feet, and they essentially <laughs> looked like hooks. They did, because at first, when I first noticed it, I looked online. And apparently, it was some big thing that they eventually thought they were gonna patch, and they just never did. But, uh-huh. Like the feet are super short. They they look like hooves. And it shouldn't dis- <laughs> it shouldn't distract me, but it really does. <coughs> oh, okay. But they, they fixed that in Birthright and Conquest. So all right. So hey, you know, I uh, I started to to write down handheld games here, and here's here's what I'm gonna do. I've just gone to the show's Gmail, and I'm making a new doc, and I'm just gonna call this future show topic because we're wandering into a new show. You realize that, right? Yeah. Future shows. I'll just add this. Add it to the pile. Disney movies, Star Trek spinoffs, spinoffs, handheld games. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm sure if we think of anything else, I'll cram it in there. There it Um, is. Not story based video games. Yeah, we got an email. You know, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna take a minute to to summarize an email that we got from a listener. Because that uh, sounds like a great topic, actually, from from the last show. So uh, we got an email from a listener from the last show. Last show we talked about uh, video games uh, and specifically how much we love story driven video games. And uh, Frank writes to us and he said uh, that he really enjoyed the show but that he wanted to know how we feel about games that are only about gameplay mechanics without any of the story. Now, we're not going to talk about it right now because, look, we got to end the show, okay? It's got to end sometime. But we will talk about it. You are absolutely right, Frank. 100%. There is a whole genre of games that it's really has nothing to do with the story, and we do need to address that, and we will. I have added it to our list. In fact, in fact, this sound right here, Frank... Uh, non-story games. It's right there. It's in the list. Um, it was a show topic I wanted to add, but I think it's a heart of a show topic, and it's something I actually was thinking about today that of maybe adding a tiny segment to the end of our shows, or even just Twitter. Or like, uh, it's fantasy casting, and that is fantasy casting for like t- books, TV, video games, anime, things that aren't live action that could be made live action. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and I could, you know, and who would we put in the roles? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Because this came to my mind. I don't remember why I was thinking about this. And this is the first one. And after this, you can tweet or email us. And we'll do something like after the shows or on Twitter with it. Um, do you know who would be if they made a live action Full Metal Alchemist? Mm-hmm. American. Because I, I think I saw a clip of doing something in Japan. Sure. Which actually looked really good. But it's all Yeah, it's Japan, probably going to so be I, great and we'll never get it. That's the way this works. Right. So if they did a U.S. version. Sure. Who would you pick to play um, King Bradley? Because I have the perfect casting. Ooh. Uh, do you want to... Re- I don't think you should reveal it now. I, I think no? we should wait until we get some things on Twitter before we reveal it. So, so Okay, King, so... King Bradley. Who, so if you... If he, uh, Pride or um, Wrath or whatever version you watched. Right. But King Bradley, few, the fewer... Who would you cast? Who should we cast? All right, yeah, hey, folks, take to Twitter. We'd like to know if you're a Full Metal Alchemist fan, if you have uh, an an actor in mind of who would just make the perfect King Bradley in a live-action American uh, uh, film 
of uh, Full Metal Alchemist. We'd like to hear it. There are ways that you can do that. You can reach us a wide variety of ways. You can tell us about all of the genre-bending shows that we completely forgot. You you can do that, too, if you really want to. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter. We are at random discard, all one word, no underscores, hyphens, or any crazy things like that. If you've got something long-form that you want to talk to us about, like Frank, who sent us this very nice email that I really enjoyed reading, uh, you can reach us via the emails... We are uh, randomdiscardcast at gmail.com. Uh, sadly, we could not get random discard. If you send it to randomdiscard at gmail.com, that's not going to get to us. If you use uh, the links in our show notes uh, for the old Twitter and the old email, those will still get to us. Uh, we are slowly transitioning over to the new stuff. I'll let you all know when the new stuff, the old stuff goes away, but we, we haven't gotten there yet. If you want to reach me directly, let's say you've got something you want to tell me, but you don't want Rich to know, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. Um, I am at uh, MindMage. The A in Mage is a four. And hey, do, do we have a hashtag for uh, this fantasy casting of uh, of, of King Brad, Bradley? Do we? Uh, let's, see uh, let's do it. Hashtag random fantasy cast. How, how, hmm, how about random cast? Sure. Hashtag random cast. Uh, let me just go check and make sure that's not already taken by some crazy thing. Random cast. Um, ooh, ooh. Yeah, that's, uh, let's, let's, let's not use that. That's already being used by somebody for, for something. So, nope. Ah. Uh... Hmm. Uh, okay, how about this? Uh, we've got no hashtag for it. Uh, how about if you send us a suggestion for the hashtag? There, now you've got oh. two things to tweet at us about. There you go. Yeah, we could we could use a hashtag for this that isn't being used by someone, and we did not come up with one, you know, right away. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, we're going to... And we look forward to hearing your answers, but I don't think anyone's going to find someone as perfect as mine. Okay. All right. I hadn't thought about it until just now, so it's going to, it's going to take me a little time, but I'll see if I can come up with something. And, uh, hey, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll tweet from the, the, the show's Twitter about it so that we can encourage people to do so. Sounds uh, good. All right. Well, great. Uh, thank you all for joining us on this, uh, this little telev televised episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, of uh, Random Discard. Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. We're the ones you used to make fun of. We stayed at home alone instead of falling in love. We never got the chance to be punky. We didn't even dance. We'll use the thing. We got the cars. We got the money. We need some sun while I'm telling you, homie, that the geeks will. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So do you want to hear my perfect actor? I do, actually, now that the show's over. Tom Selleck.